Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Aaron. Are you ready, Puppy? I'm ready. Are you ready, Adam? I'm ready. And Christine? I guess I have to be ready. Be ready. This is welcome to the 100th episode of Gone with the Bushes. Cheers. This is officially gone with all of the bushes. All of the bushes. And all of the bushes are soon to be gone. It only took a hundred episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had to perfect it, you know. Exactly. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) Oh, you're going to be way invited now. Exactly. At this point, Aaron is asking, where are we going, Ma? Oh, yeah, where are we going, Ma? We are going to Arizona. Arizona? Phoenix? Arizona. We started this film in Arizona. (laughs) I'd rather be dead in California than alive in Arizona. That's from Arrested Development. Okay. Well, we are doing the film, the original film, Ocean's Eleven. So it's kind of like we have our own The Summit. Yes, we do. We do indeed. Adam, do you remember seeing this when you were a kid? No, but I know that song from somewhere. I, I don't remember watching it on my own. Yeah, no, no, I can't see you watching this on your own. But uh, when Aaron said it's a, it's a family favorite, and I said that last week, I thought, well, maybe before Adam. Oh. In this film, Danny Ocean calls on some of his World War II buddies to pull off an elaborate New Year's Eve heist at five casinos where, Teeny? In Las Vegas. Favorite place on earth. And, of course, things go awry. Aaron, particulars? The particulars, Ocean's Eleven. The Las Vegas premiere was on August 3rd, 1960. The wide release in the United States was August 10th, 1960. It's directed and produced by Lewis Milestone. Or Milestone. Um... (laughs) Was there an E at the end? No, uh, well, I didn't write down an E. So that's why I stopped. Because I'm like, here we go. Here we go. All right. So he is known for 1927, Two Arabian Nights, Nerd Alert. He won Best Director Comedy for that film in the very first Oscar Awards ever. Then in 1930, he did All Quiet on the Western Front, Nerd Alert. He won Best Director for that film as well. Wow. He also did The Front Page, which Nerd Alert was remade as His Girl Friday. Nerd Alert, we did it. (laughs) Nerd Alert, we did it. He did The General Died at Dawn of Mice and Men, the 1962 Mutiny on the Bounty, Alfred Hitchcock Presents episodes, Have Gun Will Travel episodes. Have Gun Will Travel, remember, Poppy? Yep. He was born in Russia and... Just he came to the United States just before World War One. During World War One, he was a United States Signal Corps, and he became a naturalized citizen of the United States in 1919. Nerd, Bravo. nerd alert! He worked with Howard Hughes and helped him on Hell's Angels. 
Oh, oh yeah. He was also blacklisted. Oh, well. Hmm. Screenplay. Well, he was Russian. He was a United States citizen after 1919. Yeah, but, you know, those people. <laughs> this is the, dire- the, the director we're talking about? This is the director and producer. Gotcha. The screenplay is by Harry Brown. He was a poet, novelist, and screenwriter. Nerd alert, during World War II, he served at Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Hello. Who was born at Fort Belvoir? I was, me. Yes, and Adam Stephen Bush. Man, you gave your full government name. (laughs) I didn't give his social security number only because I don't remember it. (laughs) He also- It's time for you to look it up, I guess. He also wrote Sand of Iwo Jima, Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye, and A Place in the Sun. The other oh. screenwriter was Charles Lederer. He, if we've done him before, Ma, remember he was raised by his aunt Marion Davies. He also oh, wrote yes. The Front Page, His Girl Friday, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, The Spirit of St. Louis, and Mutiny on the Bounty. All righty. The story was by, according to the credits, George Clayton Johnson, who's a sci-fi writer known for co-writing Logan's Run, a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes, Star Trek, and some Kung Fu episodes, and Jack Golden Russell. But then, Nerd Alert, we watched a documentary on Amazon Prime called Ocean's Eleven, and they say that Peter Lawford heard the story from a director who was Gilbert K and Gilbert K had heard the story from a gas station attendant. That's what, that's what my research said. Right. So, and then Lawford bought the rights. So it's Hollywood. Who knows who really came up with the idea? The music is by Nelson Riddle. He was the arranger at Capitol Records in the 50s. So he arranged for Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Peggy Lee, Johnny Mathis, Rosemary Clooney in the 80s, worked with Linda Ronstadt. Nerd alert, Poppy. Yes. Also, to that end, uh, folks should take note that... uh, Back in that time frame when they had the Rat Pack, as you guys will get into, one of the key arrangers for Frank Sinatra was another, none other than Quincy Jones. Yes, this was after Sinatra left Capitol Records and started his reprise records. That's when Quincy Jones was his arranger. Ooh, well done. Mm-hmm. And the director of photography, William H. Daniels, he was Greta Garbo's personal lensman. He Ooh. also so he shot. This guy had like a fifty-year career. He shot Grand Hotel, Dinner at Eight, Ninotchka, <gasps> The Shop Around the Corner, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Robin in the Seven Hoods, Van Ryan's Express, and Valley of the Dolls, just to name a handful of the movies this guy did. Many of which we have already covered. Yeah. Edited by Philip W. Anderson, he won an Oscar for editing the following year, 1961's The Parent Trap. He also edited Sayonara, Gypsy, and Giant. Oh, Giant. There's a movie called Sayonara, Gypsy? No, those are two separate movies. Sayonara (laughs) and the movie Gypsy. 
get away with that title these days, huh? <laughs> no. Well, That's... if you're if you were a football team, you probably very could. problematic. Not... The movie Sayonara Gypsy. Sayonara, <laughs> Sayonara Gypsy. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> oh, people. The cast. We have one, Francis Albert Sinatra. He plays Danny Ocean. He was 45 at the filming of this because this filmed in January and February of 1960. Sinatra, movie-wise, was in On the Town, From Here to Eternity, Guys and Dolls, The Man with the Golden Arm, The Manchurian Candidate, and High Society. Dean Martin, he was 43. He played Sam Harmon. He was in Rio Bravo, Robin <laughs> and the Seven Hoods, and The Cannonball Run, one and two. We have Sammy Davis Jr. He was 35. He played Josh Howard. He was in the Holy Grail of of Gone with the Bushes movies, Porgy and Bess. Oh, if only we can't fi- we can't find it. Nobody can. Robin and the Seven Hood, Sweet Charity, and The Cannonball Run, one and two. Peter Lawford, he was 37, played Jimmy Foster. Nerd Alert, the brother-in-law of John F. Kennedy. He was married to the sixth child, Patricia Helen Kennedy. He was also in Girl Crazy, The White Cliffs of Dover, Easter Parade, and Dead Ringer. Richard Conte, played Tony Bergdorf. He was in A Walk in the Sun, The Greatest Story Ever Told, and he was in The Godfather. He was Don Emilio Barnzini. He looked nerd very alert. Italian. Ooh, nerd oh. alert. Nerd alert. Richard Conte was born in Jersey City. Ooh. Yay. Well done. We have Joey Bush- Bishop as Mushy O'Connors. He, was, he had his own show and he was a side. He had a young sidekick by the name of Regis Philbin. He was also in... Yes! That's where Regis came from. Uh I forgot! He was also in the Delta Force in Betsy's Wedding. We have Henry Silva. He played Roger Corneal. He was in The Manchurian Candidate, Dick Tracy, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, and he's still alive. Damn. Buddy Lester played Vince Masler. He was in The Nutty Professor, The Party, and Sergeants 3. Richard Benedict played George Curly Stevens. He was in Ace in the Hole, It, Terror from Beyond. That's one movie, P-Man. Oh, the, the new It? No. No. He's dead. No. He did tons of TV, like Lone Ranger, Perry Mason, and Hawaii Five-0. We have Norman Fell. Yes. Mr. Roper! Mr. Roper from Three's Company. That's where I knew him from. He was okay. also in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. The Graduate, Bullet, and Catch-22. We have Clem Harvey. He was Lewis Jackson. He was in One-Eyed Jacks, Armed Command, and State Fair. So those were Ocean's 11. 11. And then we also had Angie Dickinson as Beatrice Ocean. She was in Rio Bravo, The Killers, <laughs> Big Bad Mama, and on TV, Policewoman, and Cesar Romero. Yes, he, the Joker. Exactly. He was the Joker. So he was 53 in this, and he was also in The Thin Man and The Little Princess. And there are your particulars. Well, bravo. One other thing, for those who are around our age group, Ma, Ouch. 
this was seen, this movie was also seen in drive-ins, drive-in theaters. Drive-in. Drive-in theaters. You drive in. Yeah. (laughs) Poppy remembers that. Okay. Well, we're going to set the table. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is when we just discuss what happens in the first hour. So jump in as you will. Okay. We start with some groovy dots. Oh, nerd alert. The title (laughs) sequence is by Sal Bass. Why do we know Sal Bass? Because he's super famous. He did the titles for North by Northwest, Vertigo, Psycho, Goodfellas, Cape Fear. He influenced Catch Me If You Can, Mad Men, and the Conan stuff. Remember, he designed the, the logos for all those companies i think like at&t and stuff oh yeah that's right big time influential graphic artist this was so the 60s those dots in neon colors that were just bouncing around it was so the 60s okay so those dots were making numbers and they were telling the cast as they were making the numbers i believe the number of the cast of the Ocean's Eleven dudes. I could be wrong about that. We'll okay. Go with it. Yes. <laughs> then we see a slot machine. I thought of all of you. Cha-ching. And lots of like big band music, with a with a jazzy flavor. I felt. Yeah, he's it's that's Nelson getting his groove on. So we see Joey Bishop going into a man's what beauty parlor? Yes. I think it's a barber shop. Uh, I don't think it was called a barbershop. I believe it was called a man's hairdressing facility. That's a word mouthful. That does not sound like somewhere. That's what she said. And he is with Spiros Asabas. Okay. And and, um, Spiros is worried that Mr. Ocean isn't calling and Mr. Foster doesn't answer, but we find out that whatever it is was his idea. Yes, yeah, Spiro is a very agitated man. He had angina the entire film. Mm. Is this the part that was played by Elliot Gould in the... I believe so, yes. the. Okay. Yeah, I, although I don't really understand what Spiro's role in all of this was. Be- I think he I think he uh, gave the money f- for what they needed money. But I thought for. that's what Peter Lawford went to his mom for. I think Peter Lawford had other things he needed from his mom as well. Oh. I mean, no. Oh, no. ew. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. No. 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 Here we go. Rewind. <laughs> I think Peter Lawford needed mama's money for other things. Oh. More than just the heist. But what do I know? It was a really cool house, though, in Beverly Hills. Yes, it was okay. an agent's house. Then we cut to what I believe is Frank Sinatra's, uh, what, apartment or his his hotel room while he's working at the Copacabana. But was he in Phoenix? I thought he was in Phoenix now. Oh, but but we it starts in Arizona and then everybody's coming into Los Everybody goes no. Everybody's flying into Los Angeles, right? Right. Everybody, right Adam? Uh 
Uh, and, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, he's looking at his TV. I can see him. This is a gift. Yeah, and, we just we yeah, got the, the movie, movie on. on. We're playing the movie at real time Oh, my now. God. <laughs> that is so perfect. I'm trying to make sure you're right. Got to be honest. I don't remember wow. the first hour. Until so they all I, slap hands, I'll probably be out. I think everybody is supposed to meet at, at Spiros's house in Beverly Hills to talk about the plan that Spiros said he came up with. Right. Okay. And from there, they're going to go to Las Vegas, but they haven't done that yet. Well, but okay. So there's a woman massaging Peter Lawford, known as Foster. So where is that? I think that's uh, in it, Phoenix. Okay. That's still in Phoenix because they're doing their act in Phoenix. Yeah. And that's why yes. Spiro is so agitated because he's like, right. they're still in Phoenix. Right. Okay. Well, that's what we're going with. And also, then Danny. Also, we messed up and watched this movie like two weeks ago. Yeah. No, you didn't mess well, you up. Well, you didn't You're mess fine. up. So it's not yeah. fresh. Like, it's. It's hard to go back and remember this first. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's well, that's story. why your wife took took notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Danny walks in. Uh, evidently, women find both of them hilarious. Um, there's a business opportunity. <sighs> okay, Vince doesn't want me in. Oh, girls beat it. So, you know, there are girls in there massaging Peter Lawford and doing whatever for Frank Sinatra. And then when he's tired of them, he just goes, girls beat it. Yeah. yeah. They're, oh, they're oh, living oh. the life. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Give well, it really has much change. <laughs> Ooh. Shots fired. <laughs> okay. So then we meet Dean Martin. Dino. Sam Harmon. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie changes don't you think it's uplifted a little bit you know dean is coming he's gonna be fun well yeah we really like we're a dean martin we like dean martin we're team dean i mean i I like sinatra but i just really like dean team dean until he says some unfortunate things a little later on (laughs) he's coming in from hawaii they say he is Ocean's best friend from World War II. So that's the first time we're hearing these are World War II buddies. Well, and yeah, <laughs> given the time, also they were paratroopers in the 82nd Airborne. They were So they were commandos, Poppy? Well, they were paratroopers. They were, Which means they jumped out of airplanes. They jumped out of perfectly good airplanes, yes. Well, they kept saying that they were... So do you think they were... Was that Easy Company? Was Easy Company in the 82nd? Mm, I don't think so. Or they were in the one oh first. They were in the one oh something, yeah. yeah. Oh well. One oh worst. What what is Easy Company? Band of Brothers. Oh my god, no, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. So they're putting the play in together. I saw one person of color. Um all right. I mean we are not at the POC count yet. Okay. Well, just a bookmark. Just a bookmark. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Putting. uh, Okay. So then we meet Tony. We hear about Tony Bergdorf. Mm -hmm. And I thought of Bergdorf's. I did too. Yeah, of course. Um, But he has been in prison. He had a one to five year sentence. I don't remember what he did to get that sentence. He tried to help out a friend and then the friends like basically left him holding the bag. 
Oh, ah. he tried to go. He he was an electrician, so his fr- I think it was like an insurance ah, yes. thing. And his friend was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it to get the money." And he thought he was helping his friend out, and then his friend ended up like double crossing him. I think, yeah, like saving his own skin, and so then he went to jail. You felt like he was a good guy, bad guy. Well, yeah, these they're all good guy, bad guys. Okay, so he we find out he is a master electrician. That is important for later. Yeah, this is the whole, like, they're getting the, the team together. The team together. Uh, well, they're saying they can't get a hold of Tony, so one of them goes to Tony's wife, who is a dog groomer. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. And she says... Well, there's hey, a good amount of cute dogs in this film. Yeah, there mm-hmm. were Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, she's, uh, he's getting out tomorrow, but he's not coming home because, you know, we kind of split. And then there are lots of calls to Spiros on landlines. Lots of landlines. Lots of, op- man, operators. Operators oh, yeah, hard, just knowing what you're talking about right away. Yeah. And, um, then I wrote down Dean Martin Charm. It was Dean Martin Charm. We see a burlesque show. A woman with a what earring? What did she have around her neck? She had like a, a large python yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. It, it's weird. Like, I I don't love those, but I'm not <gasps> with that. Well, because you're going to see them coming. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do more than just move something on a table to introduce themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and, and one of the dancers is Honeyface. Okay, there's this whole thing because one of the guys that they want in, he owns this burlesque. No, he no, works at the burlesque place. Well, his wife is on the stage. Yeah. And they're like, and so Sinatra and Dean are like, hey, what do you have going on? Come on, we're going to make you so much money. We got this job. We need you. And he says, I can't, my wife. And they're like, come on, your wife, who's your wife? Who are you married to? And he points to the stage and Dean and Frank, that's oh. your wife? And then these uh, these Texans, I assume they're Texans. They had the cowboy hats and stuff. They they get up, the guy gets up and says something obscene. They could be Arizonans. Okay, they're Arizonans. And he's, they say something obscene to the wife. And so then the guy has to go over and punches him out. And then Dean's going to help. And Sinatra says, no, there's only two of them. And he does a karate. Remember, he does a karate chop oh, on yeah, like, his right. back. Like on his back. Uh-huh. And so then they're like, he's got it. And then like more help comes in. And the owner of the burlesque, he's, he says, get him out of here. You came in here begging for a job. And now you're beating up the clientele. So... Basically, that guy's in on the heist now. He needs a job. Because he lost his job. He lost his job. (laughs) Because somebody said something obscene to his wife, who is pretty much a sex worker by being... She's She's not even... She's a burlesque. That's classy. But she's stripping. She's not. That's. I think there's a difference between burlesque and stripping. Oh, hot take, hot take. Okay, so... um, Evidently, I wrote down, I think this was Frank Sinatra who said, why waste a cute tricks the army taught us? Oh, I have it, Ma. Uh, when this... it's sort of peaceful now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, butcher that. Let's see what you got. good to me. Why waste all these cute little tricks that the army taught us just because it's sort of peaceful now? 
pretty much Ooh. what I said. Right. Just a I bit like of a paraphrase. <laughs> Thank I you. Like Thank you. Okay, because they were talking about Operation Gold in Iran. So they had some kind of thing going on there. Okay, we need Vince. Okay, blada, blada. Vince is in. Danny has a lot of money. And he rolls off some of those bills and gives them to Vince. Because Vince... Oh, there's Mac with his little outfit on. His buffalo plaid. Those jammies on. <laughs> those jammies are, are adorable. They had to have oh. a jammies day. Oh, oh but I did like when uh, Danny broke off some of his wad of money and the, and the guy's going, thank you, thank you. He goes, uh, cut out the gun smoke dialogue. <laughs> they have great funny. lines in this. Uh, yeah, nerd alert! I my research said they did a whole lot of improvising. Oh yeah, this was a real fast and loose set. Yes, yes. Yeah, they only did basically like what one take for at least all the Sinatra scenes were all one take. Yeah, because he mm -hmm. didn't tolerate more than one take, as we learned from the documentary yeah, on Prime Video. They were working. They were doing two shows a night while they were shooting in Vegas. So basically, the director would only get one, maybe two of them at most for three hours a day. Yeah. And that's it. Well, their goal was to make the most amount of money with the least amount of work. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't. And, and party while they're doing it. Yeah. I Man, but if the, point, if the point of the movie or like one of the things is like, oh, they basically did this so that they could hang out together. But they were only in, what, two scenes together? Like, all of them together were only in right. two mm -hmm. scenes. Right. So I don't kind of conflicts. Well, I really feel like there's the the brat, the, no, rat pack. Brat later, pack. <laughs> it was called the brat pack. The rat pack. And then there were the others. So there were the five of them, pretty much, that wanted right. to hang out together. Okay. So, um... At one point, um, dude goes to his little boy. He's been in jail. He goes to visit his little boy at military school. Yeah. <laughs> well done, mom. And the the kid made him an abacus. I couldn't believe it. Here, Mary, because this is around Christmas time. I made you a gift. His little boy made him an abacus. Okay, so that was what that was. I saw it and I was like, no, well, that, that's got to be something else. But that was but he called it an a bake us, an a bake us. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going. What's an a, a bake us? It's an abacus, people. <laughs> okay. Abacus is trademark. You got to pay money to use their name in, in the movies. Probably, yeah, probably an a bake us. <laughs> Okay, well, let's see. We cut to. And oh. wait, I'm sorry, but Adam, you you're you work with wood. Do you believe <laughs> that that kid made an abacus? <laughs> the amount of skill that goes in something like that. Yeah, yeah. the turned sides on each of the. That's why. That's why I was confused. And also, what, it was. what are you gonna do with an abacus? With a little tiny ten. abacus. It doesn't even go yeah. to 10. It's a pretty good gift if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Teeny would have been there. And she the kid, it. She caught, she's like, I'm out of jail. Kid, give me a hug. Gives her a, here, I made you this. What am I going to do with this? Count to 30? What the hell? <laughs> Throws it down. Imagine that role played by Samuel L. Jackson. What would he have oh, said? Oh, man. 
What am I supposed to do with this motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Bergdorf goes to the doctor, and we see an x-ray that I, I don't know if it looks good or bad. Nerd alert. The x-ray was upside down. In the <laughs> <laughs> Didn't notice. Didn't notice I either. either. I, was like, I read it in the That's in a, a large order. mass. Oh, my oh, God. dumb test. We're all dumb. <laughs> We're dumb. So, so we find out that he is, he has like a terminal illness, probably the big C, with the amount of smoke he just inhaled secondhand on this set. Yeah, yeah plus and all the stress from jail. And so he joins up knowing he doesn't have long to live. He wants to give enough money to his wife that his son, (laughs) who made the abacus, can go to college. Because that kid's going to college. He made his dad an abacus. That's true. That's (laughs) not right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we cut to Sammy Davis Jr. in the uh, lot of the garbage trucks. Well, I thought it was like a bus driver. He was a garbage truck driver. That's true. But for some reason, it looked like they were all school buses. But I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah, I can confirm. It looks like a school bus. Ah, real time. It's like a whole lot of They're school like buses. Light. So no, we're pretty I'm much... sorry. They're just garbage trucks that are the same color as school buses. Ah. That, we literally just saw that scene. That's very confusing. There's like the front half was all school bus, like yellow big cheese bus. And then... The back was all like a trash. So we're okay. pretty much on time with the movie. Or <laughs> yeah, you actually, stopping? you guys are doing great. Settle no, in. Doing great. <laughs> all right. So I counted eight people of color in this scene. Oh, yeah, okay. it was a garbage truck. Yeah, <laughs> it was a garbage truck that took it all, got it all together. Okay. Well, let's see. Sammy Davis Jr. is Josh, right? Yes. And he's what is he singing, Adam? EO 11. Ooh, that was really yeah. close. Really? <laughs> oh, I thought it was He's right been practicing on. for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a guy playing the harmonica, but it always doesn't always match up with what his mouth is doing. Notice that, yeah. yeah. Do you know what the EO stands for in EO 11? Ooh, no, I was just thinking it was a funny way of saying oceans. Like Me too. The O and the E. I don't but know. if you do research, you find out E is even, O is odd. Even, mm. odd, 11. So it's a gambling oh. thing? I guess, but it... Vegas, baby. I guess. Even, you know. odd, 11? Yeah, I'm still trying to work that one out. Yeah. <laughs> the well, second <laughs> dumb test we failed. Well, if you'd done your research, you would have known that. <laughs> That's right, Tini. That's right. I, That's did other, I did other research. Okay, I felt like don't didn't you feel like you needed a drink in your hand the entire time? I oh. want to know did yeah, they book a, did they book a Vegas trip yet? <laughs> because I was like, man, how did they watch this and not book a trip to Vegas? Oh, I had Expedia open the whole time. You <laughs> <laughs> the podcast ad for Expedia. <laughs> we didn't pull the trigger though. I asked if the flamingo sign was the same. Adam says he think it's, thinks it's a different one, but it pretty much does the same thing. Well, when we get there, I have some casino notes. Yes. <gasps> Excellent. I can't wait. Okay, so um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. does a singing and dancing thing on top of what looks like a dumpster. I thought it was, uh, it was like a refrigerator. 
on its side. At this point, they said that he had earned the Distinguished Service Medal. Yes. So, uh, in so World he, War II. He did something very heroic, I'm guessing. But he would not have been able to earn the Distinguished Service Medal. Oh. They said he would have been able to earn the Distinguished Metal Cross. What, because he was black? Well, because it said that the black paratroopers never made it to Europe. Oh. The black paratroopers worked in the Pacific Northwest putting out wildfires. That's oh. what my research said. Poppy's agreeing that maybe that's the case because Poppy did... As much research as Adam did. <laughs> <laughs> then we go to Dean Martin singing "Ain't Love a Kick in the Head." Oh, man, what a what a voice! What a great and song! We, and we meet Mrs. Oceans. Nerd alert: She's Mrs. Ocean, not Mrs. Oceans, because Angie Dickinson is comes off the elevator with a, a Christmas gift for Danny. Um, Dean yeah, doesn't so this, want... is, this is almost like a Christmas movie. Yeah, I think this is much more than of a Christmas movie than Die Hard would be. <gasps> you know, well, I just saw Die Hard for the first time what? this year. Believe it or not, wow. last year, and I didn't agree with Christmas movie. And I think that this should be the new Ocean's Eleven is a Christmas movie. Yeah, not Die Hard. I'll bet some people will have some things to say mm -hmm. about that. I like it. That's a controversial topic on your podcast, but it's, it's, as, if, it's as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. If yeah. 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 If not more. Erin, we have controversy. I, I am in total agreement. There's no controversy here. <laughs> I'm in agreement too, but I'm sure... No, I need to be the one who's not in agreement, so there is controversy. But, like, you remember Die Hard. I don't remember how it was, because it was Christmas time? Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a Christmas it. tree in the background. That was right. It takes right. place... It's like, a Christmas party. Yeah, like, this takes place during Christmas and New Year's. Right. Die right. Hard takes place during Christmas time. The whole thing, like, his wife was supposed to... Visit him or fly home or something for Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I like it. We're putting it on the Christmas list. So yeah. we have just done another Christmas movie. You know what? <laughs> it would be fun to, every time like they drink in this, you have to drink. Well, I'm starting that's, that now. That's our drinking from now on, but I'm not watching the movie. So let us know when we have to drink. Okay. 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 Well, uh, she meets Danny in the elevator as she's going down, and it's quite brisk between them. And I was really excited because remember last week from Rio Bravo, how we thought that Angie Dickinson was so underutilized, and yes. so I'm like, all right, finally, she's she's Danny Ocean's wife. All right, let's go, Angie Dickinson. Wow, was I disappointed. What, did she have two scenes? Yeah, I think just two. And they're yeah, maybe, right back to back. Maybe eight lines of dialogue total. Unbelievable. However, in the documentary, you were able to see her helmet hair. Glorious. Yes. Okay. 
Well, we're back in Danny's room, and Dean Martin is singing, and Jimmy is calling his mother, that is Peter Lawford, because he needs more money. And Mr. Santos is there. Mr. Santos, aforementioned Cesar Romero, looking pretty good, I must uh, say. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, we hear Jimmy's hard luck story. Oh, it was so hard to grow up with so much freaking money. Wow, wow, wow. His mom got married, what, 17, 18 times? Eh. Yeah, that's why I guess. But he was a lieutenant. He was their lieutenant in the Airborne. So Well, at least he served. And he's got, Lawford's got a, an interesting accent going on. Because sometimes yeah. it's British, which in real life he was born in Britain. And oh, so, was he? Yes. He's very much, um, he, he was a decent dancer, but he was famous for being famous, for being a socialite. Yeah. And then, hence, he married into the Kennedy clan and hello. Ooh, teeny, time for a refill. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Jimmy's hard luck story ended with plenty of money is a hard lot to kiss. It's a hard not life. <laughs> I did write at this point that one thing that came up when Mrs. Ocean was talking to Dean Martin, Danny didn't like it when she got her own job. Oh, Danny's a traditional man. I did write about the long phone cords. How did we not fall over I those thought about phone that cords too. all the time? The phone was connected in, I don't know, the kitchen, and they were like two living rooms away. Well, yeah. I'm in a scene right now where he's at a pool, and they have a phone all oh, yeah. the way out by the pool. Yeah, yeah. 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 They would bring yeah. the phone out to you. Yeah. yeah. I have I a, know. here's a take. Maybe people were just more agile because of, of the phone cord. The phone cord. Mm. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to practice getting up off the floor every day. No, because they <laughs> had to practice high-kneeing high it over the phone cord. That's where ladders came from in the football drills and speed drills. They were like, I got way huh? faster from having to jump over this phone cord. This is new training now. Bring back phone cords. We need to weed some people out. <laughs> and <laughs> did you did you notice the cigarettes just like in a cup on the coffee table with the lighter next to it? It was really important to have a really cool lighter back mm -hmm. in the day. I was wondering about that. So it was just like whatever cigarettes, like everybody now is pretty much brand loyal. But back then it was like these are... Just cigarettes for whoever wants to smoke them. It's a mi like yeah. mints, like a bowl of yeah. mints, a bowl of well, cigarettes. Yeah, if you were menthol, but if you weren't menthol, oh, I think they should have had two cups, one for menthol and one for non-menthol. Well, isn't that kind of just the fact, if I'm, from what I've heard... <laughs> Ooh, it's gonna be racist. Watch out, people. Like black people prefer menthol, right? Well, black people and people who have a taste map palette. I'm just saying, it was much easier to smoke a menthol than it was to smoke something that wasn't menthol. I know, but I always—that's why people look down on menthol. I thought was because cool in Salem. Cool were the hardcore people. 
Yeah. It was cool with a K. G3 was cool with a K. Yeah. And I was easy going Salem. Ease into this. But the but the real hardcore dudes were the ones that would have like camel. Oh, yeah, without the filter. unfiltered oh, camels. camels, straight, straight yeah. tobacco going into question. your mouth. What did Uncle Buster smoke? Uncle Buster, because he smoked a lot. Tools. But my grandfather uh, was the camel without the filters. Oh, he didn't roll his own. Camels. No, he didn't. They had camels, and they, and uh, that was because I remember the pack and the camel. Uh, the camel on the logo pack. Logo on yeah. the pack and Which stuff. grandfather? Father of who? Uh, Dan Mommy's father. Oh, your mom's father. Mm-hmm. Papa Rich. Papa, Papa Rich. Rich. Ooh, yeah. unfiltered. Yeah. Okay, getting back to Ocean's Eleven. Yo, Eleven. A woman with a huge leather leopard collar comes in and is mad at Danny because he's two-timing her because she saw him. He's She's two-timing her with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. He's spending too much time with that other broad over here. And he pretty much says, you knew what you were getting when you started messing with me, and so goodbye because that's how we treat women. Well, a taxi pulls up at Spiros's, and we have Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Peter Lawford. Um, Jimmy arrives at his mom's house to get more money, and Duke is there and tells him it's going to be, he's going to be the stepdad, and there's stepdad, stepchild banter. Well, there, there it's a whole sizing them up, feeling them out. Because Duke Santos, came, he didn't come up with money. He had to come up fighting and scrapping his way. He wasn't like an old foster here with a silver spoon in his mouth, born on third base, thinks he hit a home run. (laughs) We're at Mama's Mansion, and it's quite a lovely place. Mm -hmm. I wrote drinking, smoking, and carousing. That's what these people were doing. That's like a good time to me. Yeah, and well, I'm saying it was it was pre-AIDS, so to bring it into reality. (laughs) Jumping into the deep end. Okay, I didn't know we signed up for this kind of talking like pre-filtered cigarettes. No, it was pre-AIDS. I'm just saying they could carouse a little bit more than. You know, people later. Hey, stuff was treatable back then. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, they, they still had, like, gonorrhea and syphilis yeah. and stuff. It wasn't like, hey, no consequences. Get rid of that stuff. And you couldn't. And it wasn't like you could get an abortion either. So there were consequences for their actions. But not for the men. <laughs> No consequences for the men. Well, they, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. I mean, <laughs> syphilis. But the, the problem is. <laughs> so next scene, we're in a game room at Spiros's, and uh, Mr. Roper is playing a game of gin rummy. Oh, I noticed that. I remember There's that. a pool table there. They're talking about what they're going to do with all this money. They said they're going to, their take is, what was it, a million each in 1960? I did yeah. not do the math. Yeah. And um, 
Peter Lawford says, well, I'd buy some votes and go into politics, which is a really hot take, seeing as how his brother-in-law was running for president at the time. They have a lot of inside jokes going. Now, this is quite problematic. Well, I everybody, have a nerd alert Everybody for this. take a drink. I got a nerd alert. Go ahead, Ma. So Dean Martin goes, he would repeal the 14th and 20th Amendment to take the vote away from the women and make them slaves. Uh, We just lost Teeny. She she left the room. Now, she had to get a refill. You were talking about refills. I knew that was wrong at the time because I knew that, that slavery was ended with the 13th Amendment and women getting the vote was the 19th Amendment. 19th Amendment. So that was all wrong. But still the fact that he said he was going to take the vote away from women and make them into slaves. Oh, come on. Well, this is what I come off. back to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yes. ready to get a drink and I come back and we're taking the vote away from women and turning them into slaves. Yes. <laughs> but that was Dean. That's how fast things happen, folks. Dean wasn't going to do it. He was just, he's just playing. He's Dino, baby. <laughs> Dino. She's so on the Dino train. Wow. Yeah, I think you know somebody. But they girl. did say that they, there was no inflation on slaves, so they weren't going to inflate the price of them. They, oh, okay. Well, they, were, they were working. Um, They got, uh, what is it? They're on the edge. It's an edgy joke. We got edgy humor. There's a black guy here. We can say it. Oh, yeah. What do you call that and, green material? And the, like that? It, no, blue. Is blue? it blue? I thought blue was how you work, Ma. <laughs> yeah, Ma yeah. Works blue. That's right. Yeah, that's blue. My mouth is hanging open. I don't understand. Okay, <laughs> and so then one of them said they were going to become the commissioner of Indian Affairs so they could steal all that money. Mm-hmm. And then one said, hey, you got all the power. You just uh, ordered the women all to New Orleans, and we all go down there and party with all the women in New Orleans. No, I'm not opposed to that idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, this film had all of your favorite Yeah, movies. I'm down for that. I'll meet them there. <laughs> as long I as I still retain the right to vote. I I, I need to go to New Orleans. I'm I, 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 party in New Orleans. Then you can take away my right to vote. Oh, wow. <laughs> I gotta That's go to New Orleans. Tina, you do know that Trump is running in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, but as long as New Orleans. <laughs> but New Orleans. And some millionaires are there to pay for everything. Oh, okay. So a doorbell rings, and there's a cowboy and a fol- police officer at Spiros's house. He is Jackson. They're talking about the plan of the operation. And they lay it out. They show a map of Las Vegas with the five biggest casinos. They're going to hit them all on New Year's Eve. Oh, boy. This is what makes that interesting. We're going to black out the whole town. And at this point, it has been an hour. I stopped taking notes. Well, this is when I started, so that's good. Oh, excellent. Okay. Lead on. Well, so no, we, I don't know about that, but I'm not going to take the lead. But <laughs> We are to our POC count. All right. So I had, there was the Asian butler at Spiro's house. Yeah, that was, was, was kind of really, um, what is it called? Not great. 
Well, when you're when you're acting like an like Asian a stereotype, stereotypical Asian uh-huh. butler. Then I ha- I saw that there was a porter in a scene that was a black guy. Then you counted the eight black guys at the garage. Um, did that include Sammy Davis Jr.? I think, I think it so. did. Oh, I don't. Okay, I don't know because I didn't count Sammy Davis Jr. I just thought that that was bad on my part. I have Duke Santos. One. <gasps> I didn't put Duke, but he is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And then I had that there were two black garbage men, but they were probably two of the same black garbage men. But I just counted yeah. them as two because that there were probably like one or two in the club or something that we missed. So anyway, my POC count is thirteen. Okay, um, in the club because they couldn't be in the club. No, but, unless they were working. But in the club. I thought that they were in, they were in like a different club at one point. Oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But it's 13. That's what I counted. Give or take. Okay. We've done several nerd alerts. Do you have more we haven't done yet? Of course I do. Does anyone else have any nerd alerts? I've done mine as I have talked. Ain't no nerd over here. I guess mine are. (laughs) (laughs) I guess mine would be when we get to the casino. The tasty nuggets. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, my nerd alert is the first one has to do with the Rat Pack. It was an informal group of entertainers centered on the Las Vegas casino scene. Mm-hmm. It started with a group that met at Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall's L.A. home. Oh, my God. Of course. After Bogart's death in 1957, Sinatra, Martin and Davis became the leaders and they made a movies like Ocean's Eleven, Sergeant's Three, and Robin and the Seven Hoods. There are several explanations for the name, but the one that everyone seems to like the best is Lauren Bacall saw her husband, Humphrey Bogart, and his friends come home from a night in Vegas and said, y'all look like goddamn Rat Pack. (laughs) (laughs) Do it again, Aaron. Do it again. I messed it up, too. Yeah. Y'all look like a goddamn rat pack. As only she could say it. Yeah. I butchered it. But, man, just imagine Lauren Bacall's voice saying it, and I'm like, that name would stick. (laughs) Um, So their house was on Holmby Hills in Los Angeles. So the OG Holmby Hills rat pack from the 50s was Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, Sid Luft, Humphrey Bogart, Swifty Lazar, Nathaniel Benchley, David Niven, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, George Cukor, Cary Grant, Rex Harrison, and Jimmy Van Hoosen. And I then, thought it was just five of them. Well, no, because this is OG. So then yeah. in the 60s, because uh, Humphrey Bogart died in 1957, so then in the 60s, It was Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. They were like the leaders. And then Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop. And then they had Marilyn Monroe, Angie Dickinson, Juliet Prowse, Buddy Ganzo, and Shirley MacLaine was their mascot. Yes. And they all, after Humphrey Bogart died... They didn't refer to themselves as the Rat Pack. They referred to themselves as the Summit or the Clan. 
Everyone else, outsiders, referred to them as the Rat Pack. The clan with a C or a K? With a C. This Thank is Frank you. Sinatra. He's an ally. <laughs> just want, just want it, just want it out there. And well, there's a um, group of people from a podcast that I listen to that meets in Vegas every couple of months, and they call it the Summit, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thought it was a weird name, but now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so Peter Lawford, he kind of got kicked out of the Summit. AKA yeah, we learned Rat about Pack. that on the documentary. Right, because Frank Sinatra blamed him for John F. Kennedy Jr. No, John F. Kennedy severing ties with him. And as a result, he got his part in Robin the Seven Hoods. It went to Bing Crosby. And Frank Sinatra never spoke to Peter Lawford again during Peter Lawford's life. Because Peter Lawford was, of course, a Kennedy. Yes. And um, when uh, President Kennedy was campaigning to become president he went to los angeles yeah he the the convention the democratic convention of 1960 right. was in los angeles right and so he went there and he was going to stay with frank sinatra but all of his people went well Ouch. robert said hey frank sinatra is really tight buddies with mobsters i don't think right. that you should be hanging out right. With Sinatra, you need to distance yourself. Also, you are a married man and running for president. What are you doing? And so, really, Robert said that. Really, okay. <laughs> no, I so, don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Poppy and I were talking about this earlier. Poppy, your take. In my humble opinion, had he taken that meeting, or had he stayed with Sinatra? I believe Kennedy wouldn't have gotten jacked. Because, yeah, I'm Ooh. telling you. Shaking the right because hand. the mobsters yeah. would have because told him to, to not go into to go into Vietnam? Well, no, this, they would have protected him. It's sort of like, uh, I'll take you to a little more modern time piece, like the Irishman. Remember how the Irishman was the interlocutor for <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa? And said, "Hey, look, here's what here it, here it is, right? Well, mm-hmm. I think that same thing w- would have happened with Frank, because Frank would have said, "Hey, look, here, here's the deal. Oh. I, I'm just saying, guys. That's true. That's true. That's like true. But you're it's also like that's also saying that you're com- that you're in on the conspiracy, and that it isn't that you don't believe that it was just Lee Harvey Oswald." Bingo! Being yeah, like, no I'm Lee Harvey Cause, Oswald. Because ain't nobody stupid here. So, <laughs> like, even if it wasn't the mob who took him out, the mob could have protected him from who did take him out. Exactly. And then, so, for example, <clears throat> the key thing to, to keep in mind is how much juice Frank Sinatra had back then. He had a lot of juice, but he didn't he have enough juice, juice to... I mean, look, th- this is how much juice Frank Sinatra had. Okay. Sammy Davis Jr., when they started filming this, yeah. was not allowed to stay at the Sands Hotel. 
He had this, to stay. That's a lot of juice. He had to stay in the colored section, which was basically shacks. It wasn't like oh, separate but equal. No, it was just wood and boards, and there you're staying. And Frank Sinatra said to the casino owners, "I'm Frank Sinatra. My man Bitch. gets to stay here." And Sammy Davis Jr. was allowed to stay here. Although, slight pushback of how much juice he had, per the documentary, when Sammy Davis Jr. was participating in a floating craps game and some Texas, Texas oil men saw it, they made the pool be drained and refilled. Yes. Where was Kennedy killed? Texas. Oh, Texas was very racist. Very racist. Remember last week when we talked about Poppy and me not being able to go to Texas? The Texas Rangers house? Yeah. So I don't know if, you know, it's interesting, but my my man was kind of... progressive on black issues i mean you see a picture of jfk and martin luther king and a lot of households so oh yeah oh yeah the kennedys were were quite progressive okay so but not um, super progressive ma we saw the documentary we did and now we are to wait i'm not done with my nerd alerts sorry oh i'm sorry okay sinatra frank sinatra's mom and Dean Martin's son both died on the oh. same mountain. I totally did, and it was like really scary. And then we got to a mountain. Okay. <clears throat> yes, they died on San Gorgonio Mountains in California. I butchered that. It's G O R G O N I O. At least that's what I wrote down. Can you tell me which of Dean's, Dean Martin's sons died on this mountain? It was the son that was named Dean something Martin. So I'm guessing like his but first he was son. In the, he, was in the, he was in the group with Dean Martin Jr. and Dino Desi. Desi from um, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and Billy from whoever knew. Well, but that was a group. Yeah, in the but 60s. Yeah, but this was like in the 80s. Well, anyways, oh. they died in plane crashes on the same mountain 10 years apart. That's that is weird. I was like, yo, that's weird. That's very weird. Okay. The coffin that Bergdorf is in at the end that wouldn't be uh, that would This would be a this would be a spoiler. Yeah, we did. That's the. Oh, there are people who are. okay. spoiler alert. We've gone through the first 100 or first 100, the first hour of the movie. So if you're hooked and you want to see how the rest of the movie ends at this point, you should stop and come back to us. You are correct because our screen is showing one hour, one minute and 56 seconds. That's crazy. Right. Oh, my God. We're so good. You know, because there's a great there's a great twist at the end and I'm about to ruin it for you. But it is a good twist. Oh, okay. This is how I. This is how we. <clears throat> we 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 tell you the first hour. If you're hooked and you want to know how it ends, you go off and watch it. We'll be here. Hello, you came back. Hi. 
So the coffin that Bergdorf is in, they wouldn't have cremated him in that. He would have been taken out by mortuary staff and put in just a regular plain Mm -hmm. box. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. staff would have seen the money. Okay, that's that was a whole question I had. So I'm glad you answered that. Right. Yes. There go. Those are my nerd alerts. Well, I thought Um, that they just put them in a pine box. And when back then, I thought that just the pine box was what. Yeah, but even when you're being cremated, they don't like a pine box is a bit much because they're gonna burn it. It's just. It's probably just balsa wood. I mean, I figured it was just like kindling. No, like. I mean, now I think it's just cardboard, but even then it would have just been basic. But but some people like to have a viewing where you come in and you see the body in the in the beautiful coffin and, uh, you know, you cry. Oh, my God, he looks so natural. Right. And then they take him to the back, move him to, you know, a, a cardboard carton. And put him in the crematorium. Okay. Well, I got more to say about that, but I guess we'll get to it. Okay. 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 So that was our nerd alerts. I have that the 14th Amendment that Dean Martin talked about was that no state could make or enforce a law to deprive anyone of their liberty, property without due process. Are you going to get all Ava DuVernay on us? I am. And the 20th <laughs> Amendment was about the the terms of the president and the vice president. So, yeah, he, he butchered those uh, when he referenced the 14th and 20th Amendment were two reheatables. Okay. Okay. So, at this point, I usually do my negative reheatables. Uh, do Putini have any reheatables? I don't know what y'all are saying. Oh. There's about there's been about three or four words that I'm just rolling with. I don't know what y'all are talking about. So the reheatables are the things that the good reheatables, much like um pizza, you know, your your oh, warm reheatables. I was thinking it was all one word. I was like No, it's a it's a reheatable. It's what what tastes good, what's a good leftover. You can reheat it. Like a salad, that's not a good reheatable. So you have your good reheatables and your bad reheatables. With the lens of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. With our, our lens of how we are in twenty twenty and how we would like the universe to be. The things that have changed, things that sadly haven't changed, things that you just found amusing. About the movie or yeah. about, like, life? No, yeah. what happened in the movie. So just listen. Oh, just right. take a listen. Okay. okay, sorry. These are my negative reheatables. Mm-hmm. What didn't reheat well was that Danny didn't like that his wife got a job, and that started their whole split. There's a lot of odd quotes okay. about women. Yes. Yes. Um, Dean Martin saying he wanted to repel, repeal repeal a couple of the amendments so that he could make what women slaves but I, you, yeah but he you could tell that he that was done oh god you're so in, in the dean martin. i'm a dean martin apologist okay that um he was gonna order women to come to new orleans katie <laughs> would go yeah we're on board that's a reasonable for me <laughs> the um the long phone cords was a negative reheatable. But I think that we established it's positive though. The amount of the amount of smoking was a negative reheatable. Mm-hmm. But the amount of drinking was a positive. Positive <laughs> for me. That uh Sammy Davis Jr. of all of them had to be the garbage man. 
Well, that was more. Yeah, that's a bad reheatable, but it's also like made the most sense for society. Right. That was. Um, that they actually, okay, if they were just dirtying their faces at the end, that's yeah, okay that with me. Yeah, I thought they were just going to uh, stop. Yeah. But, then but they, they actually blackface themselves. Yeah. It, it was very okay. much like, okay, are they, I, that's what I wanted to ask Poppy. I was like, at what point do, in the military operations is it were <laughs> camouflage into point. blackface? I wondered that about the army. Thoughts? Well, it, from a from a tactical pers- uh, perspective, the darker the better to camo to blend in, especially if you're doing night operations. Mm-hmm, so which they were, yeah. So that's 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 fair game. That's what you do. You so do whatever it, you can to survive. It's tactical. It follow. It follows. Falls okay, into tactical. Enough. Tactical. Guys. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a lot of pink. In this movie. Was that mm-hmm. the 60s? I felt like pink yeah. was big in the 60s. So much pink. Okay. Those are my negative reheatables. Looking at it through a 2020 lens. Teeny, do you have any reheatables? Negative? Um, no, I think you covered them all. Okay. Zor to me. Number one, not this is in no particular order, but Angie Dickinson's role. I was like, this. Yeah, I know. Man, you can do just so much more her. with her. They just kept this woman on the bench, and I thought that all she did was throw heaters. I just really liked her stage <laughs> presence and just nothing, not a zil, zip zilch. I'm like, ah, that's right. They, oh, man. And again, her speaking voice. She has a lovely speaking that's voice. That's great. She's just very pleasant. I just really liked her. I, I thought, why wasn't she more of a big deal? Because that's the way they wanted to set it up. Because Angie Dickinson became the it person, and so it was like that. That this is one of the things that put her on the springboard. Of, Damn straight of of everything. Because folks just went, well, wait a minute, we want to see more of her, just like you did. Well, and, but and but I had seen, but I understand that. But I'm just saying, oh, what nobody saw Rio Bravo. I saw Rio Bravo. Also known as Rio Bravo. It had John Wayne and Dean Martin in it. And I was, that's why I was so excited when I was like, next week Angie Dickinson's going to be in Ocean's Eleven. And I was just sorely disappointed. Well, look at all the women in the, in the cast. I know. One woman had a big role. Yeah. It, it was, it was 1960. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't 68. All right. It was 1960. I think you'd be like, it wasn't. To 2020. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but she, you know, she came really, really prominent with uh, what was that police, police woman? woman. Yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah. that, and that was much later. So, all right, why didn't they just? Okay, these are army buddies. This is specific. I open it to the panel, but specifically to Poppy and his army experience. Your man, your boy, dies in the middle of the street. You guys, you did a heist. You hide the money in his coffin. Why wouldn't you get word to the widow and say, hey, I heard I heard one of our guys fell. Don't worry. We got this. We're going to put him. And they do all of the arrangements because he was their war buddy, their fallen comrade. Problem solved. 
Yeah, I hear you. And if you would um, get in the time machine and skip forward to the Expendables, that's when they did that. You follow me? Oh, with, the train of with uh, Stallone yeah, and all them? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I, I mean. I just, I just feel like they really, really dropped. Leadership really, really dropped, dropped the ball. They really dropped the ball with the all lieutenant, that money in that coffin. Peter, this is what you get when the lieutenant is a trust fund kid and your sergeant <laughs> is not Donnie Wahlberg, basically. That's true. This is That's what true. happens. That's true. All right. My next bad reheatable is, I got to say it, the Christmas decorations. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. Are you kidding me? I think they're great. I wanted more. There's the Santa Claus. I was doing like the they're robot great. dance. I know, I but I wanted, I, I wanted more because yeah, they okay. were so over the top in just the corner I was like, this is a Christmas movie. Let's really hit it up. That made me wonder, guys, what is Vegas like at Christmas? <gasps> okay, so we actually said All the right. same thing. Um, and then, well, we started talking about Vegas and the holidays and have decided we need to do it. I'm on board. <gasps> I'm so on board. Vegas at Christmas? It's, <gasps> I just wonder. It could be a possibility. <laughs> Woo! <gasps> How oh else would you God. know what it's like? I know. Yeah. Oh my you're God. Right. Yeah. It really know. made me wonder. It could be my first Vegas. It just really uh, made I me wonder. Have, like, have time to go. Yeah. The you have Christmas, the hot, you know, all of that, and you add Vegas to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. What could be better? What? Oh my God. Or, they keep it, or like, is it subtle because it's people that like want to get away from? No. What is subtle about Vegas? Subtle. True. Yeah. 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 yeah nothing. <laughs> but that does bring me to my. I do have a negative reheatable. Mm -hmm. Yes. An unreheatable, if you will. And it is the casino decor and yes. it's the overall look. There is wood paneling. <laughs> yes. Ceilings. ceilings. Yes. I'm assuming there's nothing to pull the smoke away from the air. Nothing. Yes. Nothing. Yes. Miserable. 60s. Formica everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Which brings me to my last reheatable. In the very first scene, we see Frank Sinatra, his sweater. His oh, orange creamsicle long-haired V-neck sweater. Angora. That's what oh, it I is. I that. Yeah, it's Angora? like a long-haired sweater. It looks Man, so it looks very itchy. Itchy. That's what I'll say. Itchy and gets but in your eyes. Sixty. Like those little things yeah. are like the whole time. Every, are you crying? What's wrong with you? It's, it's my like sweater. Weird. It's in my eyes. I had I had a lavender one. Everybody had to have one. V-neck. Angora, if you didn't have one, you were not alive in the 60s. It's like it created your own halo effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then they would ball, you know, like under your armpits, wherever it rubbed, it would ball into little balls. And you didn't have the mechanical depiller thing? There was no depiller. <sighs> no. So what are, what are the good reheatables? Okay. Well, I said Dean Martin. Yes. Until the whole amendment stock. Yeah. Um, I said just the cool vibe of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, get ready, everybody. 
Las Vegas. You know. Mm, Did that yeah. quench your or give you an appetite? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's the best regettable of all. A touch of a, I guess I gotta go. You yeah. do because okay. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. Enough time away to plan. Exactly. I could do it. The rooms are a bit cheaper. (gasps) I wonder. I heard you just have to do your research into what, you know, you can't expect every restaurant to be open all the time. That's fine. Do your research and you're good. I have research people. We have research Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I'm married to one. Oh my god! <laughs> if we go, we're not gonna have to plan anything. No, I got you there. I've been planning oh. the whole entire time. Oh my god! I got people for this. I will say this did start our gambling fund when we were watching this. We have started taking twenty dollars out of our paycheck each every other week, nice. putting it in our gambling fund for our future trip. Oh my so god! So if you're, you know, if you're thinking Christmas 2020, I recommend that now. Hey Adam, I yeah. see it, man. I, I see what you're going. Oh my god! Wait, I wouldn't have to cook a dinner that's not hot uh-huh. enough. <laughs> no. And we wouldn't have to have any ducks. Yeah, Christmas ducks. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! You don't have to worry oh. about driving anywhere. You just and and what yeah. about, how do I get all my presents home? Give it to my you mail it. That, that's what I do. This isn't a problem. It's called the United States Postal Service. Yeah. It's not a problem because she doesn't pay to have them shipped to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but maybe that Christmas the vac- the vacation is the Christmas well, present. Or you yeah. just wait, wait. Everybody, everybody gets envelope. one something to open up, and then that's it. Yeah, one and then something. the rest of your gifts are just what I do, and just Amazon Prime it. Like, oh, yeah. All right, I, I sent it to your house. Yeah. Here, it's there. Yeah. I mean, something to consider. I would one hundred percent give up any gifts to be in Christmas on Vegas, on Vegas on Christmas morning. All right. Hey. hey. Well, you know what? This movie got me there. So I don't like it then. That would be a positive reheatable, would it not? I think so. Do you have any more reheatables? Well, I stayed in the Aladdin before it was torn down. It's oh. not the Aladdin anymore. Yeah. And I had, used to have a bunch of souvenirs from the Aladdin. Matter of fact, I have a t-shirt. Yeah, well, I remember the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always yeah. thought it was uh, it was like purple and gold. I always thought it was like one of the fraternity t-shirts, but it wasn't. Oh, interesting. Okay, any more reheatables? I have reheatables. I am ready. Shirley MacLaine in her yes. cameo. She got a car for that because why? Why wasn't she credited? Well, I think that she just because she was in the with the Rat Pack, so she just showed up. She ad libbed everything that she yeah. did. They gave her a car. Nineteen sixty was uh, this movie came out, and then later in the year, The Apartment came out. So right, this she wasn't, was shooting the apartment at the time. Yeah, she and she was already like a pretty big star and stuff. I was just like, man, Shirley MacLaine is great. Yeah, so cool. Um, do you guys remember the Las Vegas TV reporter's beard? 
Yo, he looked terrible. Yes, I remember him. I remember thinking how odd he looked. There's no way that he would be on TV. It was my, I put it on my good heatables because it made me laugh so hard. And I could <laughs> yes. just imagine Walter Cronkite being like, what is wrong with your beard? Like, nobody's gonna talk that's to a beard that no, like even today people have, like men will have beard. You'll see news anchors and stuff with, not that often, but you'll see it. Never this style. This guy was... He's like a beatnik or something. Complete beatnik. <laughs> Completely. Goddamn beatniks out here. Oh, Damn beatniks. The ending? Great. The ending was my MVP. Old Vegas? Yep. It's yeah. so different now, but just seeing it, how there were those like five casinos and just seeing old Vegas and it was just the strip and you're like, man, you have no idea. If, <laughs> just, it's just crazy. Like you look at that's Vegas and then yeah. compared to now. So of those five casinos, the Flamingo is the only one still standing, correct? Okay. Well, I would say, so we're, we're, at, we're in Vegas now. Okay. In the movie. And I have some notes on the casinos. Yes. Oh, well, wait, wait. Is this time, or are we waiting until we get there? Let me finish my good reheatables, okay. and then we'll get to the tasty nuggets, and I'll, right? Okay. Um, the sayings that they had, like, salt the clouds, spoil uh, the I picnic. Did, I wrote a, a quote down from a lady, and she said, I'm so drunk, I don't think I could lie down without holding on. That yes. was Shirley MacLaine. Yes. 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 The lady in the blue dress. I like her. Yes. The, Very young Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like all of the little sayings that they would just say. It was just the, the play went around the other way when they were when um Angie Dickinson was gonna leave and then and Peter Lawford came out and, and Dean Martin was like, Did you see what happened? And he was like, The play went around the other way. Like he didn't <laughs> see it. All of their little sayings and stuff I thought were great. So Yep, those are my good reheatables. Okay, yeah. so we're to MVPs. Most valuable uh, part. Yeah, player, part, whatever. You're so like, I favorite. have an honorable mention. Okay. My honorable mention is aforesaid Shirley MacLaine. Ah, great. Mm-hmm. So young and vibrant and... And but my MVP is that the money burned up at the end. I love that because that didn't usually happen. It everything you know was tied up in nice, neat little bows. Usually, yeah, and they're so, winner, and they're winners. Look at them. Look at their lives. Mm-hmm. Those were my MVPs. Poppy, do you have an MVP? Nope. No. Okay. Putini. Um, I, mine is an underrated player, I believe. She was the woman working at the dog grooming facility. <laughs> ah, the widow Bergdorf. <laughs> and when they walked in and he asked to see the manager and she said, well, you're looking at her. <laughs> and I just love that because they're mad about their ladies having jobs and everything. And she's yes. managing the dog grooming place. Right. Because her man was in prison and she had to. Bring up her little boy. Well, mm -hmm. no, she didn't really. The military was bringing up her little boy. Well, but well, she somebody had to teach him how to make an abacus. <laughs> abacus. An abacus. <laughs> and yours, Aaron? Uh, Pookie Man, do you have one? No. My MVP 
It was tough. Honorable mention, of course, Dean Martin, but my real MVP of this movie is Cesar Romero. Yeah, mm. I agree. He was when just he throwing heaters and stuff. Oh, he was shaving? <laughs> there was there was a movie back in the day called Bridges of Madison County where Meryl Streep falls in love with Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. And it's an old Clint Eastwood. And he takes off his shirt and everybody's like, because mm. it's like, okay, he's kind of saggy. Uh, Cesar Romero was cut. So, yeah, he could take his shirt off and everything was good. I just liked his, I was all in on his charm and, and his character. And when he does his Cesar Romero smile, I'm like, yeah, man, that's a joker. And how he just, he was the retired mobster. And he was, he, I just really liked him. And I thought that he really tied the movie together because he was the one that made them not get away with everything. He figured it out. And he was a great detective because he was able to figure out that the dead guy in the street was in the 82nd Airborne, that a yep. woman had seen Peter Lawford's character, Foss, whatever his name was, there in Las Vegas. Danny Ocean was there. So they were all in the 82nd Airborne. And he was able to tie it all together of like, oh, these guys pulled off this caper. Mm -hmm. Especially, well, and also because it was like um, a deduction by elimination because because he had been in the mafia, that, that was implied. And so then when <laughs> he, when, when he called all of his, when he's calling around all of his associates and they didn't have anything to do with the the mobster hit and how he was stymied and how he was just able to pull it together and just he was putting bullets there for a minute though he didn't know what he was gonna do yeah he was filling but his lap on an interesting note just to 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 note there your grandmommy guys one of her favorite actors is Cesar Romero I mean she loved him yeah, yeah that makes sense and you know what? He kind of did remind me a little bit of like Grandpa Chico. <laughs> I don't know, just like just like you know, smiling and stuff, and like tall, and yeah. yeah, very, yeah, very friendly and and open and yeah. So everybody's friends. Swave and be bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, you know what time it is. No, time I know. to go to Vegas? Yeah, it's time yeah. to go to Vegas. <laughs> time to book the trip. Recasting time. Uh, oh, well, I didn't do a recast. I mean. <gasps> oh, for like who plays who. Yeah. That's what I was thinking a lot. We yeah. just like do the intro. Well, usually okay. this is for our recasting. We, we uh, you can do any. Like we've, we've broken the box. We've done all time. We've done females. We've done Hamilton cast. All of these things. But I didn't do a recasting because this movie was remade in 2001 with Brad, with uh, George Clooney as Danny Ocean and Brad Pitt as which like was Dean pretty Martin. good. And I was like, Ugh. and then they. But did, I did one. They did a women one, the Ocean's Eight. So. And that was good. I loved mm -hmm. it. All right. Well, what is your recasting? Okay. So my recasting, I did Santos, mm -hmm. Cesar Romero. I made him Samuel L. Jackson mm -hmm. because he would come and confront them and go, I know what you did. And I want a third of it. And yeah, no, I'm not the police. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Now, Spiros, the one with angina all the time, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my what? God, you know, you you guys are going to lose all my money. The Ajita. Yeah. I did Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Come on. I'm Gumby, damn it. Now, <laughs> my Sammy Davis Jr. was the only one of color. So he's the only one uh, not of color in my cast. It's Giovanni Rabisi, Sneaky Pete. Okay. Sneaky Pete is my Sammy Davis Jr. You know, smaller in stature. Uh Okay, so my Sam, my Dean Martin, the the, um, interesting character, the one that keeps it all together, the charisma, Mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx. Oh. Very nice. I like that. I like that. And Aaron and I are going to have an issue with my Danny Ocean. I already know who your Danny Ocean is. Yes, because I did not go with old man Denzel. How dare you? You just said Cesar Romero with his shirt off was chiseled, but you're like, oh, old man Denzel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this is supposed to be like, what, 10 years after after the war? Mm -hmm. Well, 15 years after the war, right? Are you setting your cast, like, you're doing it now, but it, it's going to take place in 1960? No, but oh, okay. if it's now, it's 15 years in in the... So when they were together in the Army, it would have been 15 years from where it is right now. Okay. So it's Idris. Charisma, looks, the, the whole vibe, and his... His second-hand man is Jamie Foxx. That would be, yeah. That would like be very fun. Green, Green light it yeah, right now. Okay. Oh, that's it. Did you guys did, do did it, it, an alternate cast? Uh, no, I did no. not. I okay. Great. We are to Tasty Nuggets. Ooh. And I've already said, like, a shitload of mine. I want to hear about Vegas. Okay, well, so then they go to Vegas, um, and they're going to hit five hotels, right? Because mm-hmm. he knows. Um, I didn't take any notes about the Flamingo, which is the first one they go to um, right. enough, but um, my tasty nugget is that it's the first place that Adam and I stayed, mm-hmm. <gasps> and our I first vacation it. together ever was at the Flamingo. Forever? Ever, 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 ever. Oh, ever. my God, I love it. And when we got there, we asked, speaking of all the smoking in there, they were like, oh, uh, not smoking or smoking room. And we said either was fine. And so we both went in there and put our stuff down, and it smelled disgusting. They gave us a smoking room. But I think neither of us wanted to be the one to be like, we can't stay here. So <laughs> it's we, just like bad, right? We put our stuff down and went to dinner, and I think we came back. And we were like, we got we to gotta call the front desk. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and switch to a non-smoking room, but the Flamingo is the one that remains in the same location as the same casino, I believe. Oh, I love How that. Interesting. The Flamingo is the one that Bugsy Siegel made, right? Yep, yeah. and they still have Bugsy's Bar, and the, that's their casino bar. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because mm-hmm. that's near. That's the one I remember. And then the, the link is there, and that's where like the Ferris wheel is. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's modern day, like. Uh, mid strip, little south mid strip, but it's 
which is crazy watching this because most of it takes place downtown Las Vegas on Fremont. Right. Yeah, that's what um, it looked like. But Flamingo, if it is where it is now, that's a pretty well. That's like four or five miles away from Fremont. Oh, wow. So, well, I yeah. think at the time that he made at the strip. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, think we it... walked that one time, didn't we? Uh, it's also a fun fact. We walked from downtown to the Flamingo one time, the wow. first time we went. Because in Vegas, everything looks closer than it is because yeah. everything is so exaggerated. So we kept being like, oh, it's just a little bit away. And I hurt my ankle for like six months because I was wearing boots. <laughs> and Didn't walked, you yeah, guys like, stop at every and... bar? Oh, well, that was a, bad a time. different time. Different, uh, that was planned. Yeah. Okay, well, well, when we go, we're going to stop at every bar. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to Challenge ring you business. out with <laughs> Take a wheelbarrow. Just take a yeah. wheelbarrow. Yeah, because no, every, we're every just gonna get you one of those. has at least like seven bars. Yeah. So okay, well, I just, well no. one, one drink at every casino is what we can There do. we yeah. go. There we go. That works. Um, like that. Like so that. the five casinos they're going to hit are the Desert and the Sahara, the Riviera, the Sands, and the Flamingo. And at first I was saying the only one that's still the same is the Flamingo, but recently the Sahara, uh, I'm sorry, the Sahara has been renamed as the Sahara. Oh, oh good. Did, um, you, did you guys recognize Sahara. a lot of the neon signs from when we went to the neon museum? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Riviera was there, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, wow. Um, so they go to the Flamingo first, and the second the casino they go to is the Sands. Um, that is now the Venetian. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right, south of the And Venetian. Frank Sinatra later bought a share in the Sands. Oh. And you talked about this earlier, but he was started performing in the Sands in the 50s. And that's when he brought on Sammy Davis Jr. And he was instrumental, instrumental in changing racial politics at that casino. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, because he said he will stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to the Desert Inn, and that was the first hotel on the Strip to open with a fountain entrance. Oh, and that's pretty much the standard. And now. that was just demolished in 2000. And Steve wow. Wynn bought it and made it the Win and Encore. So uh-huh. a lot of these were like still the same until the early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, like we just yeah. Um, the Riviera just closed in 2015 and was demolished in 2016. Did you guys and see the Riviera? Because I remember yeah. seeing it. Uh-huh, we, we went saw that. at least one year. It was I never, because we, we, our first time going was either 2013 or 2014. So it was still there. And now the signs at the Neon Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and last they went to the Sahara. And that was turned into the SLS back in 2014 and then just turned back into the Sahara in August of 2019. Oh, oh I like that. Go back to the original uh-huh. Yeah, that's so much fun. Fun fact about the Sahara, it was the first Olympic-sized swimming pool in, La- in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And those Very are nice cool. you know, fun facts. Well done. You guys actually have me kind of excited about Vegas. Uh, yeah, we're well, basically going to turn this into a Vegas podcast. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, we are so. going in September, definitely. We are going in September. Like, that's Yeah, you happen. guys are, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, now we're to. Well, wait. I have tasty nuggets. I do. Okay, go ahead. Did you? You can. Do you want me to go and or? I want you to go. Um. Drink. (laughs) Drink, everybody. Okay, I already mentioned how the whole movie thing and Peter Lawford and he bought the script and so then he wanted William Holden to be in the yes. lead and then he told Frank Sinatra about it and Frank Sinatra said, forget the movie, let's pull the job. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. lost his left eye in a 1954 car accident. Oh, I was I wondering know how that happened. Lost mm-hmm. his eye. The, so we already said the Las Vegas stuff was shot on location in Las Vegas. The L.A. stuff, the L.A. Barbershop is on 9740 Wilshire Boulevard. And Spiro's house is 230 Laredo Drive in Beverly Hills. It At the time, it was an agent's house. Um, uh-huh. the In that scene where, Fred, where uh, Sinatra is confronted by his mistress and she throws a dish at him that yeah. was that was ad-libbed what the actress patricia waymore she ad-libbed that that's why everyone was so surprised like what the hell she should have gotten a car for that mm-hmm. and i already mentioned how they while they were shooting this they were doing two shot two shows a night at the copa cabana or though the copa room because they were the biggest thing. Be, you know, it would, the marquee would say Frank Sinatra, maybe Dean Martin, maybe Sammy Davis Jr. Because one would be on and then the others would just be roll in and just start heckling them and then just come up on stage and stuff. And it was just standing room only. Yeah, they kind of started what is now the Vegas residency. Right. I mean, they oh. single-handedly pretty much made Vegas because when the when Bugsy Siegel opened the Flamingo in 1946, per that documentary and the motion picture Bugsy, it failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And then yep. they started doing the resident, you know, like, yeah, the residencies and stuff. And people started coming out there and they heard, like, you can go see a show and you think you're seeing Sinatra and this Dean Martin, Joey Bishop, Sammy Davis Jr. And then they started having the hotels and saw that they could build money. And then that's yeah. how Vegas became like they they made Vegas Vegas. They built it into what it yeah. is. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that was, they said it was like $6 for a ticket to see all that craziness. And dinner was included. And it was like yes. a five-star dinner. Wow. So, yes. How could you not? Wow. And when when Kennedy was running for president, it was like, cool people are into Kennedy. So the, the people who wanted to be cool voted for Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, they had high hopes. He repurposed his song. Yeah. They got high hopes. Excellent. Well, I heard that Peter Lawford and Sammy Davis Jr. both had a little bit of a beef with Frank Sinatra that they had to make up for to to do this film. Do you know what that beef was about? No, I didn't go down the rabbit hole. Oh, jeez. Well, Frank Sinatra was... So then, because Poppy told me about, you know, Quincy Jones. So then I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos with Quincy Jones talking about Frank Sinatra. And uh-huh. because after, soon after this movie, he leaves Columbia and goes to Reprise. And that's when Quincy Jones is his arranger oh, and everything. Okay, okay. And that 
and it was alluded to in the documentary that Frank Sinatra had a fantastic memory and that could be good and bad and that also Quincy Jones said that Frank Sinatra was bipolar so he was very persnickety guy but also he was super loyal to his friends if you were a friend of his he didn't care like he would be your friend and back you up but if he perceived a slight then yeah all over you were dead to me (laughs) yeah i heard that sammy davis jr needed wooden blocks on the gas and brake of the garbage truck to be able to drive it because he was so short he's a small Uh, dude he was a small dude that's what struck me about this movie was how slight i was i didn't realize sammy davis jr was that slight yeah he was a tiny man uh, Shirley MacLaine called Dean Martin Ricky Nelson at one point in her <laughs> I, little. I heard that and that made me laugh. We were just because we had just seen him in Rio Bravo. Steve McQueen turned down a role in this. What role was it? I'm not sure which one. Probably not the the lead. Uh, Tony Curtis, Jackie Gleason, Milton Berle were all offered cameos in the movie that they chose not to do. Oh. Well, Red Skelton was in it. He was in it. Um, Originally, Spiros and Joey Bishop were members of the mob, which uh, I didn't feel like they did or did not. It makes sense, but they didn't ever say it. Like right. when you with you saying it, I'm like that does make sense because you were like, "What is Joey Bishop doing with this guy?" He was kind of that ah, makes sense. The original ending of the movie had them getting out of Vegas with the money. They charter a plane, and the plane crashes. On, and they all die on the and mountain on the yeah. Sam Gargano's yeah. mountain. Yep. And they they felt like that was too harsh, so they chose to burn up the money instead and have all of them live. That is yeah. harsh, especially with what happened in real life later. Ooh. Yeah, Ricky Ricky Nelson died in a plane crash. Well, and Sinatra's mom and Dean Martin's son. Well, that's true. Now, I have goofs, things that the movie got wrong. Oh, oh what they were they done goofed up? Yeah. The amendments, the numbers of the amendments. Mm-hmm. The chest x-ray was upside down. That's funny. Uh, during the power outage, the one MC was still able to use the mic. <laughs> I just want to say how scary a power, a power outage in Las Vegas in a casino would be. Okay, it would be really scary. Let's not bring that up, okay? Because, okay, so I need to double up on but, happy pills? Okay, you know what, though? No, it never happened now, but... But now, uh, so everybody has cell phones, though, and so I don't think it would be as scary because everybody would instantly turn on their flashlight. Yeah. Well, I I will just hold on to And you guys. I'm pretty sure that they have generators now in Vegas. They did have generators at the time, and they said that they're on some kind of a delay, mm. and so they did bring that up. Um. Ain't that a kick in the head when he's singing that there's a trumpet solo and there's no trumpet in the <laughs> in the band? And I said how the World War II um, 
the army separated by race, so there were no black paratroopers. So so Frank Sinatra couldn't have saved Sammy Davis Jr. to make him like his good friend. But Frank Sinatra I, would, because Frank, the fact that they were segregated in the war would have made Frank Sinatra mad. So he was right. probably like, "No, I don't care." We and should, Dean Martin too, should, even yeah. though he said the thing about slavery. Yeah, damn it. That was just, she was just joking. I didn't take it to be. There's times in these old movies where I'm like, oh, that motherfucker means that shit. And then there's times where I'm like, he's joking. So those were all my tasty nuggets. Nice. Do you have more? No, I don't. Oceans 11. Yo, 11. Oh, wait a minute. Well, I, I don't say I think I have a nugget, but we did the whole setup. Yes. And I feel like we just glazed over the best part, like the whole uh, part in Vegas when they were actually committing the crimes we didn't even talk about. Right, because we usually stop at an hour and make people watch it. But go ahead, tell me Wait, what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, that can be no, your we MVP. Listen the, we listened to the Sixth Sense one and we did the whole movie. Yeah, we did the whole movie on the Sixth Sense. <laughs> Huh. Well, yeah. talk about it. Go on. The floor okay. is yours. Well, we were kind of you guys well, Vegas. literally stopped the movie in an hour. And that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they got this plan to rob all the casinos for whatever reason. Maybe I thought it was it. genius. Yeah. To do it at midnight, right when everybody's everybody's already drunk, and there's a lot of you know firecrackers and stuff right. going on. Uh, there's an electrician guy, and uh, he was in charge of knocking out the power for everybody. And uh, it's midnight; they do it. All the vaults open at the same time for the most part, and that's when the fun happens. I feel like that's when. Uh, they start making all the new movies and drawing that part out. Like, so the new Ocean's Eleven. Right. That was basically the whole two hours was the robbery scene. You know? Yeah, right. the action. Right. Yeah, right. the action. So, but in looking at this one and comparing it to, like, you know, obviously how stuff is now, I, it was just like a guy would walk up behind someone and be like, man, open that door. And, like, the guy would be like, oh, crap, okay. <laughs> And then you'd be like, sing a song. And like the two security guards, instead of like binding them and tying them, would have to start singing like a the New Year's Eve song or what's it called? <laughs> Old Lang Syne. Uh, Old Yeah. Which I'd been like, I don't know any words. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what we said. We would have been, been dead. They shot us. Because we would have right. only been able to hum it. All right. acquaintance, all acquaintance. Yeah. You just do the. Uh, yeah. You just do the melody. Okay, so they get all the robberies and all the casinos and to get to, to smuggle the money out of town, which I thought is what they were doing. They put it all in the in the the, the trash. Uh, they put it on the trash and then they collected the trash, put it all on the cars, which were driven by Sammy. Oh, we wanted to talk about how much lettuce there was in the trash. We were looking yes! at the trash. It was so much lettuce. So much. lettuce away in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would be like two or three duffel bags and like lettuce. I know those those duffel bags look so small to hold the amount of money that they were supposed to be holding. Right. Yeah. So cut there. Stop the movie there. That's where me and Christine stopped the movie. We didn't finish the rest of it. We had something else to do. 
Got it. Yeah. Our Amazon rental expired. Yeah, we waited more than 48 hours. So he didn't see how it, but I just assumed, like, I was like, oh, they put it in trash. They're going to go to the trash collection and get the money. Like, bada boom. Easy breezy. Great movie. I agree. Why didn't they all bring a different car to the trash place and each of them get a different duffel bag? Right, because Sammy made it out of the, they set a police barrier. Right. uh, You know, pretty quick after the robbery. They're like, all right, shut all the roads down. But they let the trash man through, no problem. Well, yeah, because he's he a black, black guy. So nobody's and he's a trash guy. Did they, where did the how did the money end up back at, in the city or at the church? I agree. Well, Why okay. did they have to put it in the because in the yeah, because Caesar Romero figured it out because Caesar okay. Romero went to them and said, "Hey, I know that you guys pulled this heist, right. and." I because since Cesar Romero knew he was going to tell the owners of the casino and the owners of the casino are in the mob. Yeah. So yeah. he says, I want 50 50. Well, no, he said he wanted 30 percent from the casinos. Yeah. Right. But from he them, he wanted 50 percent from the actual right. guys. Right. So right. when he when he goes, he goes and tells them, I know that you have it. And if right. you don't give me 50 percent of it. I'm going to tell the owners of the casinos that you are the guys that pulled the job. And then like you guys are all going to be killed. So then that's why they had to figure out a way to get the money out of Vegas. Of Vegas. Well, but I I feel like you glazed over the best quote in the whole movie. Okay. (gasps) What is the best quote in the whole movie? This is what the reheatables are about. 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Oh. Make the deal. Make the deal. You got 2.5 mil. In you know, 1960 mil money. Split that amongst the crew. At least you walk away with 2.5 cut up right. instead of burning up 5 milli. By I Joe, mean, by Joe, what the sense does that make? <laughs> That's what we paid VCU for. <laughs> Did I get the math right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Two point. Okay. Yeah. You got me second guessing now. Don't second guess. Never second guess. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I got you it. would still have the loose end of. You would still be a loose end because you still paid him. But then the mobsters and stuff would be like, "Oh, you didn't find." Like he would then have to find somebody to pin it on to be like, "This guy. This is the right. guy that well, did it." Well, even going further back, uh, when. What's his name? Sanchez? Uh, uh, Santos? Santos. Santos. When he first pressed on Frank Sinatra. Yeah. They should have just whacked him. Like, that's, that's what it. I'm saying. People get, people get killed for I'm a lot saying. less than five million exactly. dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Frank Sinatra has the mob on it. Wipe him out. Like, but Santos him. also does. Out. Right. What? Yeah. So what, you got to get like approval and everything? Because Peter Rofford don't care. It's. 21st stepdad for him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, did you see the way Frank Sinatra like r- grabbed that? Yeah, when he b- grabbed it by the yeah. neck. Yeah. I was like, he's about to bump uh-huh. him. He was. Real body switch. But then, but then that's when he remember. came up Hit with the with other the bottle, break right. the bottle, and cut his throat. But they, yeah. it, basically, they were just trying to be cute, they, and that's how they got caught up because they were trying to be cute and like, okay, we're not gonna. We've seen enough bloodshed from the war. We don't need another body. And All so right. then that's when they're like, well, we're going to be cute. We're going to outsmart everybody. And that's when they, you know, came up. All they needed to do, honestly, was just tell the widow, 
hey, we're taking care of all of the arrangements. Don't yeah, you worry about your, it. Here's our guy. Here's your ten thousand. Yeah. But they couldn't. They couldn't let any woman in on any of the plans. <laughs> so exactly. their misogyny is ultimately what led to their downfall. Loose lips. And I bet that little boy that made the abacus at three years old, if he'd have been nurtured and given a stipend, who knows what he would have done? He would have gone on Bingo. to be something. Yeah. He would have grown his little his name was Rusty and he grew <laughs> up to be the <laughs> Brad Pitt character. <sighs> All right. Well, I still like it, even though there were problematic scenes. I still like it. It's just a good hang. Yeah. It's just these guys that they they're just fun. I've been watching clips of Joey Bishop when he's hosting the Tonight Show for Johnny Carson, and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra are on the Tonight Show, and Dean this Martin is, is is like, "This is the slowest show I've ever seen," and they're they're just like acting <laughs> up. Wait, but wait, that the um, documentary said Dean Martin didn't really drink that much. I thought yeah. Dean Martin was a total lush. I really did. I know, but that was his persona. It was indeed. And I love Dean Martin even more in the documentary when Jerry Lewis was like, yeah, if Dean didn't have to put his mind to something, he didn't. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, what's yeah. wrong with that? He should have been a millennial. <laughs> he was just ahead of his time. Okay, boomer. <laughs> 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 I'm well, just gonna watch I, everyone burn. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed our 100th episode as much as we did. Oh, wow, that goes by so fast! I know it does, doesn't it? Not yeah. to the listeners. Yeah, I know. Like two hours. Yeah, we're we're close to the runtime of the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, we only talked about an hour of it. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, that is indeed Ocean's Eleven. Aaron, what is episode 101? To be determined. Oh, TBD. Oh. Because I believe that we are dark next week because someone's having a birthday and being S fancy. Somebody's coming to Jersey City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Most people <laughs> say they're going to New York City, but... That's funny. <laughs> well, if all that doesn't work out, I'm just counting on my Jersey City folks to have give me a happy birthday. Uh oh, I think we can arrange that. I know, I know you can. And I'll be going to the Aquarium of the Pacific. That's what does good. that mean? I'm going to an aquarium next Saturday. Well, how exciting! Mm -hmm. Nice. All righty then. Well, listeners. Uh, next week's episode is 2BD. That is our 100th episode. Thank you, Adam and Teeny. And Poppy. Thanks for having us. Thanks for the invite, guys. Happy 100th. Cheers to anytime. you guys. Anytime. You, you are both welcome back anytime. Anytime. anytime we, there have been some discussions of other movies that they want to do, and they will be back on. They passed yes, they the audition. Will. Congratulations. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and Poppy, please. your second episode with us. Thank you very oh. much. Indubitably. <laughs> Indubitably, as best as he could say it. And Aaron. <sighs> well, there you go. Well, there you go. 
Bye. Bye. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs>